Welcome back to another episode of the Hoffcast. This is for November 22nd. We're on a Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. Or as the Crab Feast guys used to say, a Tuesday. Still, you can listen to uh, Ryan Sickler's podcast called The Honeydew. He was the old Crab Feast host, and now he's on to The Honeydew. It's a great podcast. But you are listening to the Hoffcast, and um, this is episode 111. Still missing episode 100. It's a mystery. It will come. It will all be clear one day, but that day is not today. <laughs> That's that old uh, Seinfeld uh, uh, joke from when uh, when Jerry goes uh, into the bodega because he bounced a check. And Marcelino at the bodega goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take down your check anyway because he posted bad checks. And Jerry bounced a check, so his check was posted. And people were making fun of him. He goes, you know what I'm going to do for you, Jerry? I'm going to take down your check anyway. And he goes, oh, thanks. Well, perhaps one day you will uh, do me a favor. Oh, thanks. And that day is today. <laughs> that day is the day. Of course it is. But the day is not today, as you knew. We've got kids yelling in the background. Um guys, seriously, that that's a perfect segue to uh what I wanted to talk about. What is going on? What's going on with the world? Can you can anybody give me clarity on why so many people are losing their minds, why so many people don't know how to act? in a civilized manner these days. I mean, first of all, we got North Korea launching test missiles left and right, and I don't know who to believe. I don't know whether I should believe our own government that says these are just willy-nilly missiles going everywhere, or do I think that, yeah, maybe North Korea has a point. Maybe they're like, hey, we just are just doing tests in our own backyard, leave us alone. And obviously, <laughs> with this particular instance, I side with our own government. I think I think North Korea is probably not uh, the group that I want to get behind. But, you know, who knows anything anymore? Who knows? Who knows? We thought we, thought we knew things. Um, but, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if most of the things we think we think are wrong. You know, I, you saw it firsthand uh, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, when we were getting, you know, crossing information coming over overseas and then into here. And you just saw it from state to state how many people were not correct about what what their own position was and, and what their laws were and all that regarding it. So it's just it's a mess. The whole thing is a turd. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, first of all, we got well, I guess this is the second point. <laughs> my first one was that convoluted North Korea uh, conversation I just had with myself. But the second one is, like, financially. Financially, the markets are bouncing all over the place, by and large down for the last year. Um, inflation is up. Companies are more profitable now than they ever have been. I heard something, somebody said, like, inflationary costs are uh, 50% due to corporate greed. Like 50% of it is not inflation. It's just corporations thought, well, now's an opportunity to raise our prices, so we might as well. Like you got to look for excuses to do it. And you've got like, uh, what's the what's the term for sizeflation? Which you will see, I see it mostly in the size of our cereal boxes. I don't know if you guys have noticed, cereal boxes are pretty much the same height 
and everything like that, but they, uh, they are so much skinnier than they used to be. And that's just them saying, hey, we can't, we can't like make them look smaller on the shelf. Um, we already pump enough oxygen in that bag <laughs> to, to, to give you enough air to go down to the bottom of the ocean and back. You know, and <laughs> but they make the so you turn the box to the side, it's like paper thin almost. It's like it's like the cheers are all just stacked on top of each other, like tic tac toe. And <laughs> or what's that game where the uh, tr- no, what where you stack them up and it's and you get trying connect four? It's like a game of connect four inside that cheers box at this point, they're all just stacked on top of each other, single file, and you go, What the hell? The hell's going on? Well, they're they're trying to give you less for the same price so you don't notice it's a way of raising prices without raising them you know what i mean and so all these corporations are just making money hand over fist while the average joe is just emptying his pockets like people have learned how to lean it's it's the same concept as uh ends up happening when people get really good at texas hold'em poker you know, the the guy that's the chip count leader can just lean on everybody like all of a sudden, uh, you know, a pot that could have been five dollars that you would have called and maybe gotten lucky on the river or the turn. Now, all of a sudden, because there's a chip leader, he's got so much more money and he raises it to twenty five bucks. And now you don't have the money to make that call. And you never got to see that river card or that turn. And the, and these are, by the way, these are just uh, poker terms that I am not even 100% sure I'm using correctly. But basically, it, it takes your uh, cards off the table because you can't afford the $25. And so they just lean on you and they get uh, they, they take your luck away from you, essentially. Any luck you would have had, they just take that away because you couldn't risk it. And so that's what these big corporations are doing. To the average American, the average person is they're just leaning on you, taking all your money until you, eventually you got to work more hours or spend less money on uh, on things that you wanted to and more on the stuff that you absolutely need. Um, and they're doing that so that they have more money. I mean, I get I get why they're doing it. It's the it's the race, right? Everybody's trying to make more and more money. But at a certain point, you're like, hey, and that's what I loved. That's what I loved about companies like Uber that came in and, you know, disrupted the ride uh, industry. And they came in and they, and they said, you know what, we can do this better and more cost effectively than, um, than the taxis. But then Uber got too big and they started leaning on their own drivers. Every Uber I take to the airport, the drivers complain to me that they're making less and less money and Uber's taking a bigger and bigger cut of what they get and and you go yeah yeah that's cuz any situation where you need someone more than they need you they're going to lean on you you know that's that's basic uh rules of supply and demand and that's how a free marketplace works but it's really shoddy it's really shoddy in certain instances and you see it like I see these Uber drivers they go yeah you know what am I going to do like I've been driving for the last 3 years it used to be good money now I got to drive more and more just to make the same amount and you go well there's inflation but they're not seeing that money it's corporate greed and and yeah these corporations have higher costs but you know you can see that that they're taking more and more you know the CEO isn't making less he's not taking a pay cut going hey 
we're all struggling out here. Let me go ahead and, you know, and, uh, you know, shave a few points off the top of my bottom line. No, they're figuring out how to get more points there. More and more. That's what everybody wants. More and more. And it's it's crazy. And, and, and so once you realize that people around you are racing and see, that's where. Boy, I'm all over the place. That's where my brain is different because I don't I, I, I don't act that way in life. You know, I'm not playing the game to collect as many chips as I can and see how I can maximize profits. It just doesn't seem important to me. But then you see other people doing it to you, and suddenly you're like, well, I better react, or I'm going to be the guy at the bottom of the heap. And then you, and then it makes you an ugly person. Then you become, like, I, I see it in certain instances in my life where I'm like, oh, I got to get, I got to squeeze more money out of this club, or I got to, you know, figure out how, what, what can my ticket price be that will maximize profits. And it's just an ugly Ugly thing to think. That's why I always like to price my tickets at at a reasonable rate so that, you know, the average person can come see it and it's not going to bend them over. It's not going to, you know, derail them financially just to come see a comedy show because I don't want you stressing about money when I'm out there trying to entertain you and make you laugh and forget about all those worries. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just am trying, I guess, to, in my life, bring more value to people. That's why I offer this podcast for free. So I post videos out there for free. I'm trying to, yes, increase um, my my uh, view for you so that maybe more people want to come see me live because I don't want to charge people more. I just want more people. I just want to like reach the maximum amount of people. So I think everybody that listens to this podcast, because I, I, yeah, it, I put it out there for free, in hopes that uh, you get some enjoyment out of it, your your drive to work is a little bit better when you're if you're listening while you're trying to fall asleep. You know, it brings you a little bit of comfort. Oh, I'm not the only person that thinks about these things. I'm not the only person worried about this. Yeah, a lot of us are. So take heart. Know that uh, we're all. Most of us are in this big batch of people that are good people, just trying to uh, enjoy life and, and help those around us. And that's you know. As long as that's what you're doing, I think we're all going to be okay. If you're trying to like bleed, <laughs> bleed your customers for every uh, for every inch and drop of blood, then I think we've got an issue. It's time to refocus and and all of a sudden see that you're not bringing the value that you once were. Because you know, value is not just about giving somebody something they need. It's giving something somebody something they need at a reasonable price that doesn't uh, impact them to such a degree. <laughs> My daughter just ran into our sliding glass door. <laughs> Those people keep it clean. She just ran right into it. She's looking at me like, what the heck? No idea that was shut. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't know what the heck's going on. That freaking FTX company just went uh, tits up, and I'm sorry that if, that was you if you got caught up in that that sucks that guy was taking people's money the sam bankman freed hopefully he goes to jail because at a certain point you just can't be even if it is just gross negligence which i don't think it is because I, I think there are videos of him saying that that what exactly what he was doing was illegal um you know he, he's taking people's money and then instead of buying the asset that he was taking it for he was putting it into something else that's like you um you know giving me 20 bucks to
to go uh, buy you a hamburger. I'm like, hey, I'm going up to the window here at the food court. You want me to get you something? They're like, yeah, here's a 20. Get me a hamburger. And then I use it on uh, on Beanie Babies or whatever the hell. And I come back and, and you're like, where's my hamburger? I'm like, ah, bad news. Beanie Baby Market went, uh, went haywire. It's not worth anything. And they're like, what does that have to do with the hamburger? I asked you to buy. Oh, well, I used that hamburger money to buy the Beanie Baby. Now I don't have the money uh, because the Beanie Baby's worthless. I was going to sell the Beanie Baby and uh, and then go buy your hamburger with the money. But now the Beanie Baby's worthless and your $20 is worthless too. That's what he was doing apparently. People would give that uh, that um, crypto trade like money, say, hey, go buy me 10 Bitcoin. And they'd say, okay, we got it. And then he was taking it and putting it in another company and not buying the Bitcoin. <laughs> it's crazy what he was doing. He should go to jail. And probably other people that knew that was happening within those companies should also go to jail. Because you can't, you can't just lose $3.7 billion of other people's money and then the, there's no penalty. Like, oops-a-daisy. Like, that can't happen. That, come on. Like, the fact that he's still not in custody is wild to me. And I know people make mistakes, but that isn't a mistake that you can't make. If, if There has to be some sort of regulation. I think it's against his company's code of conduct or their, or their policies on what they do. I think it was directly against that. So listen, if you, go, if you make your own laws... And and bring and take people's money under the under the guise of these laws under the like here are the rules and regulations that we're holding ourselves to and that's part of your uh, mission statement and then you go against that guess what that's a that's now a legal law that we're going to hold you to because you you put it on yourself and then you took people's money um, under the uh, under the idea that those were the rules that you were going to follow and then you didn't follow them. So guess what? You go to jail and dear God, I hope I get my money back. If you ever make any more money, it goes straight to the people that lost it. Like, I don't care. You're going to be working indentured servitude for the rest of your life. What, what are you about to take a bite of? If that's not rice, if that's not bland rice, then, then you owe me money. If you put, you're not allowed to put Tabasco sauce, no salt on that rice, because that salt is extra money that's going to somebody else. I don't care if it's two cents. That two cents is going to somebody else. That's the way I think this should be handled. Because listen, even if I hadn't bought Beanie Babies with the twenty dollars you gave me, let's let's say I walked up to the to the burger counter, completely intending to buy you a hamburger that you asked me to buy for you, and somewhere along the line it fell out of my pocket, and I can't find the twenty dollars. First of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel embarrassed. I'm gonna feel embarrassed and and sorry that I lost your twenty dollars. And here's the other thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take twenty of my own dollars and I'm gonna give it to you. I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to buy you the hamburger out of my own 20, and whatever change is left out of that, I'm going to give it to you. That's on me. I took the $20. I, it fell out of my pocket. My bad. I'd be so embarrassed to lose somebody's money, and that's on a $20 bill. Now think if you lost $3.7 billion worth of Beanie Babies is what you were buying, and then the investment didn't pan out. Oh, my goodness. I'd be fear and. and there's so many people wrapped up in this. I don't know who all lost money. I know Tom Brady and Giselle gave $750 million to FTX, I think. And granted, they may have gotten out, you know, the first 
first little speck on the wall, they may have been like, you know what, let me pull. <laughs> I, I haven't heard, but I know right about the time this was happening was right about the time that they were getting divorced. <laughs> you know, I, I, <laughs> I don't have seven hundred fifty million dollars, but whatever percentage of their net worth is, um, let's say it's half their net worth. Let's let's say they're worth one point five billion. I'm not sure if they're worth that much, but let's say it. If my wife and I lost, if I lost half of my net worth because of a, an investment that was, I, pff, Sarah might leave me. Sarah might be gone right now. She's like, you dumb piece of garbage. Um, but yeah, this, this dude needs to go to jail. I, I mean, I can't believe he's not in jail right now. I mean, people are going for way less, way less, like petty crimes, like people stealing a few thousand dollars are in jail. And yet, this guy, 3.7, he essentially stole it. He took it, said he was going to do something with it, and did something else. I, I know a guy, a kid I went to high school with, his dad went to jail for something like that. Like, not using loan money that he was said he was going to use it for, and then he did something else with it. Like, he went to jail. And that was nowhere near $3.7 So, Sam Bankman-Fried, I got to say, you're going to get a haircut in jail, and we're going to throw you behind bars until you can pay back the $3.7 bill. So you might want to start saving uh, your money and, and quit seasoning your rice. Um, but, the you know, the whole the whole world's on fire. I don't know what to do. I, I think I blame I blame technology because we're not talking to each other anymore. People are sending text messages instead of phone calls. They, it, it's not. It's not a way to communicate. It's like a quick little like, like meet you there in five minutes. That type of thing. But don't have a conversation over text. Don't do that. every time somebody's like, where was I just the other day? Where it, um, we were waiting for something. We were waiting on someone. And I go, has anybody contacted them? I didn't have their number. I was like, has anybody contacted them? And they're like, yeah, I'll send them a text. I'm like, call them. Call them. What are you doing? Why Why are we adding this layer in between our lives? Then we don't understand each other because nobody's talking anymore. They're just yelling their own state. And here I am talking to nobody. <laughs> you know, there's nobody here. This is a one-way conversation. People are listening. Yes, but, the, you know, there's nobody here to give me a counterpoint. So I would like to invite anyone that has a counterpoint to anything I say to hit me up on social media or, or give me a call. If you got my phone number, give me a call. If if you wanna if you wanna counter anything that I'm saying, I'm happy to have uh you know uh discourse with someone. Because we're not it's not working otherwise. Twitter Twitter is another company that's just uh on fire and people are just people this is the funny part, people acting like Twitter just now was set on fire after Elon Musk purchased it. People are acting like it's a, a shit show now that he... Get the heck out of here. I think I joined Twitter in 2007, maybe, and it was a dumpster fire then, okay? Well before any of the... Well before COVID, well before we were up in arms about, uh, you know, all, all these racial tensions, things like that, up in arms about... This was before... This was pre-Obama, and people were, you know, yelling at each other in in whatever it was, 60 characters or less when it first came out. Like, come on, guys. It was always a turd on fire. I hate Twitter so much, and I'm only on it because, 
once in a while it's useful to uh, try and find information about something or to tell a big group of people something. But by and large, Twitter stinks, and it always has. So don't pretend like it's it's just been a, always been a black hole of negativity. That's it. That's that's it, man. And, and it can't. It, it it's not going to get any better because. You know, people have their own imagination, and everybody always thinks. I had a joke about it in my special. By the way, if you haven't seen my special, it's on YouTube. Nick Hoff, front to back, get on there, make a couple comments. Uh, make them an inflammatory comment. Apparently, that's helpful when you, you say something like, get in an argument about uh, LeBron and Jordan, like who's the greatest of all time. Just start making up those arguments. I don't want anything weird on there, but just like these kind of useless, but things that people have... Uh, uh, lots of feelings about <laughs> start making those because the more comments you get the higher it goes up on the algorithm I want to uh, catch fire a little more um, but people always think they're tough in their own imagination you know they they think I, I you know I'd beat that guy up or I'd have thrown that touchdown pass or something and that's in your own imagination where it's harmless but if all of a sudden you can say this to thousands and thousands of people on some platform like Twitter, like that's where all of a sudden the communication has lost itself. We're not, I, I think it was Mike Tyson that says half, you know, people wouldn't say this in my day because you had to say it to someone's face and you got punched in the mouth for saying these things that people are saying. And I, I mean, I feel that rage. I can't imagine what a guy that can actually punch you in the mouth and send you to the promised land <laughs> with his right hand. Like that's, he's got to feel that rage, especially because people get emboldened when, it, when it's through an avatar or on the internet or something, people feel like they can get away with things because all of a sudden it's not their actual name there that represents you know my all my stuff is my own name it's tied to me i have tour dates up you can find me you if i make an unpopular opinion you can you can make me hear about it probably um in some way or not but you know what it is it's like it's, it's another episode of seinfeld it's like um if you've ever been in an argument with someone and then and then the the moment was over and then like you know, the next day or an hour later or whatever, and you realize what you should have said or you had the perfect comeback, it's like that because people can sit there and they can write and they can figure out the perfect thing to say or the perfect little cutting way that'll get under your skin because that's what they're trying. They're trying to get a reaction. If they, I, you know, I once had a joke. It didn't work very well. That was like, if you want to win a Facebook argument, just say something and then log off and never go back. Because the only way another person can feel like they win is if you respond. If you don't respond to them, that's not a victory feeling. That's that's nothing. So if you don't give them the satisfaction of responding, then it doesn't feel good. But they can sit there and they can work on that comeback, that, that perfect thing that's going to get under your skin and irritate you just enough that they're going to get you. So here's what I think that we should have is we should have... Uh, uh, an algorithm within these um, within these platforms like a timestamp so you know just how long ago that person saw that and how long it took them to come up with the quip that they're posting you know it's it's like um, how text messages used to have 
that bubble like they're typing right now and you could see oh, they're typing they're typing they're typing what they've been typing for five minutes and finally something comes through and it's kind of funny or maybe it's you know an argument or something and you're like why it took you that long to come up with like that takes a little bit of the sting out if you know this person worked on it for three hours and then came after you with with some cutting commentary it's like well okay but you 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 looked up some stuff you you spell checked a thing or two and you you went back and rehashed so eh, you're kind of a loser you're kind of a bit of a dum-dum you're not as smart as you're perceived to be this isn't in the moment that you're coming up with this right now because any idiot can come up with something two days later okay if given the opportunity to think and and continue to like process what you're feeling and how you can get back in another person yeah anybody can do that but let, let's see what you got right now let's see let's live in the moment not not in this like untime stamped undocumented anybody can say anything at any time um anyway uh, the whole things whole things a turd people were upset i suppose i should probably um i should probably address the <laughs> I should probably people are wondering what I think about um about the Chappelle Saturday Night Live uh monologue and at this point it's like a week old. Um but he went on there and he's you know, Dave Chappelle's one of the funniest comedians to ever live. Um I've been not critical because I don't like to be critical of creative people, but I've said I think his stuff now is more interesting than it is funny. I, I, I miss the funny Dave. I like the introspective and, and interesting Dave Chappelle, but I just feel like those should be interviews and podcast episodes rather than comedy specials. That's my personal opinion about it is comedy specials should be, you know, you know, mostly comedy because that's what I prefer. That's the medium I fell in love with. So anything interesting, I'd rather you just save for a podcast and, and do it that way so that we can hear what you think. Um, but this one his he did about 15 minutes, which is long for an opening monologue. Most Saturday Night Live hosts monologues are about seven or eight minutes. And, uh, he did 15 and it was probably the funniest he's been in, um, you know, probably 20 years. Uh, you know, he had two very funny comedy specials back in the day, like Killing Him Softly is one of the funniest specials of all time. And then his follow up to that was also funny, but maybe not quite as good. Um, but then these last several have been very interesting and and not as much comedy. Uh, but this one was more comedy, still interesting, but more comedy. It was closer to what it used to be. And, you know, here's what I'll say is he upset a lot of people in the Jewish community for um, they call it normalizing um, anti-Semitic tropes. And I, I, I'm not going to go that far that he did. He just happened to be on the heels of this Kanye West thing where Kanye kind of went off the rails and, and was saying some pretty outlandish things. And, um, you know, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be anything if he wouldn't have the platform that we've given him. And it's kind of wild when, you know, when Kanye West came out and he was, you know, becoming a very, very popular rap artist, he, you see why he gained his platform. But but I think f pretty much for the last five years, maybe even longer, he's been he's been pretty outlandish with the things he's done and said. I mean, just look at his clothes. They're goofy as hell. 
I don't know why anybody would buy those shoes or clothes. It's, I mean, you can tell something's not quite right with him. And so he probably needs to get help. And and I think Dave even said that. He's probably not well, <laughs> he said, which is sort of an understatement. Um, but, yeah, I think when someone like that, you know, goes off the deep end, maybe their platform should shrink rather than embolden people that maybe agree with the wild things they're saying. Um but Dave went out and he kind of you know he made jokes about it, which I love. I love comedians' ability to make fun of something that is a little taboo. And I thought Dave did it in a thoughtful way, and I thought his joke structure was really good. But and here's what I'll say: I think has been flawed with Dave Chappelle in the last uh, few years, at least in his his logic train, and why I think it maybe pointed in the wrong direction is he. I guess, you know what, he's allowed to feel this way because this is obviously the way he feels is he he thinks that other people's plights, other other ethnic groups, other, um, you know, sexual orientation uh, divisions. He thinks all of that is is a smaller issue than what um, African-Americans have gone through. And he very well might be right. Um, but that's everything he says is seems to be from that bent. Like he kind of feels like everything else is secondary compared to the struggles of the African-American people. And of course he's going to feel that because that's his truth. That's what he lives, right? That's what he sees for the last 50 years or however old he is. That's what's going through his mind. You know, me as like a generic white guy, I go through things that are, you know, in that wheelhouse. And of course, that is one of the most important things to me because it's something that affects me on a day to day basis. So I don't fault him for thinking that. But he I think he does kind of take put put everybody else's problems with a little like dash of who cares because I have to deal with this. So I'm not going to say that his way of feeling is wrong, but that that's just I, I something I noticed that it, w- whether it's trans or whether it's uh, Jewish people, like whatever he's talking about, it's always cut with this that I I have this I have these issues and these are paramount to what's going on in your life, and there's a little bit of like humanity in that. You know, it's it's selfishness, but self to be selfish is is to be human a little bit. That you know, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier with everybody, you know, rummaging for scratch, you know, chasing paper, whatever you want to call it. That people are in the rat race trying to get what what they can. You know, that's the a little bit of selfishness. You know, if you get money, that money had to come from somewhere. So essentially you are taking money in order to pad your own bank account. And if you look at it that way, someone has to lose in order for you to win. And so, you know, that's a, our society's kind of built on that way of being selfish. You think about your own needs first and then, and then you can reach out. And, and the hope, I think the hope is that people do reach out. Once you've met your own basic needs then the hope is that you are helping those around you. Um, But, you know, we all fall short of that. We all, even, even severely impoverished people will, you know, fill their bellies and have a place dry to sleep. 
but then you know maybe they want that shiny thing over there maybe they it, boy it might be fun to go to this this place for a day or or treat myself to this like you know there's excess and i think that's okay i think that's okay but at, at a certain point you go holy cow maybe i need to reassess what i what i'm going through here boy i don't know if any of that made any sense to anybody I think it makes sense in my mind, but then again, I might be off my rocker. You guys let me know. Let me know if I'm, if I need to put bumpers back down in the, in the bowling lanes so that I, I hit a few pins on the way down or or if I'm just rolling gutter after gutter, you guys like, "Mm, Hoff needs to lessen his platform here. But I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful we got Thanksgiving this week. Two days away is Thanksgiving. Oh, one of our one of our listeners wanted me to talk about the perfect Thanksgiving plate. And here's what I'll say. And I had this epiphany uh, just just yesterday because uh, Sarah cooked Thanksgiving dinner for us last night because we're meeting up with some friends on Thursday. And you know, you know, if if you're merging Thanksgivings, you know, their traditions aren't quite what yours are. So. So maybe you don't get the thing that you wanted. So she made a little one for us last night, and and we were talking about the turkey and how that turned out. And I go, yeah, it was good, but turkey, to me, and oh, I might I might be hitting a nerve here. You guys might give me some pushback on this, but turkey to me on the Thanksgiving plate is what broccoli is on every other plate during the year. It's the thing that you go, I'll eat this because it feels like the only thing that's semi healthy on my plate. <laughs> Everything else is just filled chock full of butter and is so delicious as a result of that that you think, oh, the turkey is like the last thing I kind of want to eat on here, but I guess I will. And um, and so I think the perfect plate is a small piece of thinly sliced turkey with um, also a thin slice of uh, cranberry sauce on top of it to give it some other kind of flavor because turkey by and large is sort of bland and, and just okay in my mind. Um, and, uh, so yeah, the perfect plate, you're going to have your, uh, sweet potatoes. You're going to have green bean casserole, big fan of the green bean casserole. You're going to have, um, mashed potatoes and gravy. And if you're in the Hoff house, um, then you put noodles in that gravy. So it's this new homemade noodle gravy, which is awesome. And you got cranberry sauce comes straight out of a can from ocean spray hook that up although that feels like it's gotten tangier in the last few years i don't know if they changed the recipe or what um and what else is going on there you got i feel like i'm missing a big one oh stuffing you gotta have stuffing by the way i know i've talked about this before but you gotta stuffing's gotta be four times a year there there's once a quarter let's do stuffing it shouldn't just be thanksgiving so if we're gonna do it at thanksgiving then let's go ahead and rock it on the super bowl you know, give yourself a couple of months. Let's make it a Super Bowl staple. Then we're going to go a little bit further, and we're going to hit, like, um, maybe the 4th of July makes sense. And then is it too soon? Too soon to have on Christmas right after? Is that the four quarters, or are we going to do one in the middle somewhere, like mid-September? Is there, like, a um, is there like a, a Memorial Day? That's in May. Um, uh, Labor Day. Maybe a, maybe a nice Labor Day stuffing you know to to take the day off and just relax on the couch with the you know there's going to be football on so i think this works three on the four football and one of them's um a lovely um american tradition that's that's when i think you should have stuffing but you got to have stuffing on your thanksgiving plate and other than that i don't really care anything else um 
that gets put on there. I can't think of a single thing. I've already I've already had it a little bit, and I can't wait to have it again on Thursday. Um, oh, so one of our other listeners, I should have talked about this when I was talking about the grocery store, but uh, with the with the cereals and all that. But another uh, listener wanted me to talk about how when you get all your stuff uh, and you're checking out, and they say, "Is did you find everything okay?" or are you good? And and you go, yeah, of course. I what you think I'd be checking out if I weren't done? What are you talking about right now? <laughs> they, they use some choice language. Um, but uh, did you get everything that you were looking for today? It's kind of weird because I have said, well, I couldn't find this, and they go, huh? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe aisle seven. But you're like, well, I'm already in line. The people in line behind me. I'm not going to jump out and run to aisle seven to grab those, you know, that bag of Red Hots or whatever the heck I was looking for. Uh, so it is a little silly. So um, I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, sending me messages from time to time, letting me know if you want me to talk about something uh, specific. Uh, oh, another person wanted to talk about pecan pie versus pumpkin pie. I'm just going to step on them right now. They said pecan is better. I don't know if I've ever had pecan pie. So I can't speak to that. I do like pumpkin pie. It's okay. But if I liked it a lot, I'd have it other times, and I don't. So give me a cherry pie. Screw pumpkin. Screw pecan. Make every pie cherry pie. I don't need anything else. Okay? Make it a delicious cherry pie, and the rest of the pies can just go pound sand. How about that? (laughs) How about that, pumpkin? How about that, pecan? We're just going straight cherry, and the rest of it, if you disagree with me, then, uh, you know, that's fine. We can disagree. Just make sure you don't text me about it. Make a, make a phone call, you know. Hey, make sure Talk to somebody about it rather than post about it, okay? Let's do that. Let's try and understand each other a little bit better and not be greedy this holiday season. Let's, um, let's have a little empathy for each other and realize that, uh, you know, we're all – you can't be completely happy if the people around you aren't happy as well. So lift up those around you. Make sure you're uh, helping each other become better people. Uh, read a book. Read a book. That's I've been trying to do that, and I feel I feel better when I read a little bit. The, the brain kind of you know kicks in this gear that it doesn't when I just sit down and watch Netflix each night. But if I you know keep the TV off and I pull out a book. There's something there that I notice I'm writing more jokes all of a sudden. I, I'm more engaged in conversation. And, that, you know, I, I my dreams kind of trigger back on. They come back alive. So recommend reading a book. Um, but in 2023, guys, get ready because Hoff is putting on a huge tour. It's either going to bankrupt me or it's going to be hugely popular. Um, I can't wait to announce it. it uh, not all the dates are in stone yet, so I kind of want to wait. So maybe mid-December or, or toward the end of December, uh, I'll, I'll make the big announcement. But guys, it's trust me, it's going to be phenomenal. You guys, I, I'm, I can't wait to see everyone out there. Um, in the meantime, the last here at the end of the year, I'm going to be doing uh, shows in Los Angeles, the Comedy Magic Club, um, tomorrow night. That's uh, that's Wednesday the 23rd, and then uh, on the 1st, I'll be at the Freeway Funk Yard in Marina Del Rey. It's a cool little backyard show that I help run, and um, then the middle of, of December, I'll be at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club in Las Vegas, and, um, you know, so if you're in the Las Vegas area or you know somebody in that zone, hit them up, let them know, come see me. I'm there with Harlan Williams, so it's going to be... It's going to be a fun show, you guys. Harlan's great. I got a bunch of new stuff um, that I'm 
cooking and I'm happy about it. I, I'm excited to have you guys hear it. So come check me out. Otherwise, get ready for 2023. It's going to be huge. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you haven't already subscribed or rate or review it there on Apple uh, Podcasts or wherever you listen to this, help me spread the word. You know, increase my platform and you, unless you disagree with me severely, in which case, uh, you know, <laughs> shrink it, shrink it. But whatever you do, whichever side of that fence you're on, if you hate the fact that I call it cherry pie and not pecan or pumpkin, don't worry about it. All you got to do is doom, doom, doom. All right. I'll talk to you guys again. Doom.